Welcome to Worldview, a foreign affairs podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Chris Dooley. Angela Merkel is in her last lap as German Chancellor and will stand down when September's federal election ends her fourth and final term. But now her party, the ruling Christian Democrats, or CDU, is trapped in a high-stakes standoff with its Bavarian ally, the Christian Social Union, or CSU. The bone of contention? Who should lead their united centre-right camp in the upcoming election campaign? The CDU leader, Armin Lachette, and his CSU counterpart, Marcus Söder, both want the job, as it would put them in pole position to become Germany's next Chancellor. But they are now engaged in a very public row, and the outcome of this standoff is anything but certain. Writing in today's Irish Times, our Berlin correspondent, Derek Scully, described this unfolding political drama as a slow-motion car crash for the parties involved. And Derek joins me now from Berlin. Derek, election day, September 26th, it's less than six months away. Why are the CDU and the CSU tying themselves in knots and who are the people tying these knots? Yes, it is remarkable. Uh, The German elections, they come around like clockwork. Uh, There's no political wriggle room. Politicians are not allowed to pick an election date that suits themselves. And September 26th has been set in stone for months now. And the CDU, CSU, they are the centre right. They're usually the party that considers themselves. They have a God-given right to rule. And they're usually quite organised. And um, they had every reason to be organised because uh, it's in 2018. So over two years ago, Angela Merkel stood down as as a Christian Democrat leader. So they've known since then that this, for the first time, we're going to be in power, but we'll be trying to get back into power without the woman who's been getting us into power since 2005. So her fourth term was always going to be her last term. And now uh, the, the the Christian Democrats have basically come out and said, we actually don't have a, a policy, a tool, uh, a modus operandi for, for this situation. So it's like a car crash uh, which has been coming at us for a very long time, but now the car is just about to go over the edge. So the knot is, there's, there's structural and then there's political problems. The structural uh, problems is these two parties. So the CDU, that's Angela Merkel's party, they're representing every uh, state in, Ger- in Germany, uh, 15 federal states, but except one, that's Bavaria. And for historical reasons, there's a, another conservative party there, the Christian Social Union. Usually what happens is at the CDU, they have... Um, they have five times as many seats, four times as many seats in the Bundestag as the Bavarians. They usually have first refusal. And uh, only uh, twice before in Germany's history has the smaller CSU put forward a candidate. Both times they've lost. So usually, all things being normal, uh, CDU leader Armin Laschet would be the would be the, the, the go-to default candidate. But this is where the politics comes in. We've now got a new leader. He's only been in the job since the end of January. He hasn't really cut a great figure in the pandemic. And then the pandemic itself has really, the CDU, CSU, uh, the centre-right haven't really had a great pandemic either. There have been delays with vaccines. There's been all sorts of uh, claims of graft, MPs selling their influence to uh, mask manufacturers and so on. So the CDU is sliding in the polls. And the Bavarian leader, Markus Söder, he's had quite a good pandemic. He's been in the job a long time. He's known. And for nervous MPs in Berlin wondering if this their new leader can get them re-elected or out on their ear, the Bavarian guy is considered for them a bit of a more attractive option. So it's just a, a question of who who is, um, what, what uh, platform, what, what uh, committee or group of people will choose this new leader. And Söder is really pushing hard that he can be the third CSU leader to uh, run for chancellor. When you say the new CDU leader, I mean, 
Lachette hasn't had a good pandemic. Derek, what do you mean? What's he done wrong? Well, he's, he's um, so Söder is the minister president of Bavaria and Laschet is the minister president of North Rhine-Westphalia. So that's in the West. That's the state where Cologne is, Dusseldorf is. It's the industrial heart of Germany. And he's been in power since 2017. And uh, he's considered the continue, continuity candidate, very much a centrist like Merkel, uh, you know, pro-European candidate. Um, but in the pandemic, he really has sort of changed He's flip-flopped quite a lot. The most recent example, uh, just before Easter, uh, Merkel and the state leaders gathered together and Merkel said, we've got a third wave coming. I want to extend the Easter holidays in Germany. So it turned sort of the Easter break into an Easter week uh, with no schools or shops open. And Laschet was one of the first to push back against this, saying, yeah, I'm tired of the Merkel lockdown logic. After Easter, he came back and said, oh, actually, I think we need to have a, a severe lockdown to break the third wave. And now he's going around saying he's always been calling for this. So he doesn't really have a credibility, much credibility in this issue. And he's he's just new in the job. I mean, it, it, it was always going to be short. It was always going to be tight, trying to establish your uh, authority, you know, in, elected in January, hoping to become chancellor in September. But this fight is really taking, uh, really knocking him around his lack of credibility in polls. Uh, people don't really know who he is. or don't really have much time for him. So that's all making people in both his own party and the Bavarian party saying, look, why are we experimenting? We have a strong candidate with Marcus Suda. If we want to get back into power, we just have to accept that he is the one to do it. And um, so Laschet is looking increasingly ragged uh, as, as this battle goes on. So even though Söder is the leader of the smaller party, the CSU, he has the higher profile and, and he's seen as having more experience. Is that right? It is, but uh, his own character is considered a concern for people in the CDU, the larger party. They always say, look, we can turn we can turn opinion polls around. And Laschet actually got into power in North Rhine-Westphalia by turning opinion polls around. He was always trailing and then he just managed to seize power. So he's saying, I could do this again. And I'm, uh, I'm a figure, you know, I'm an integrationist figure. I, I don't believe in experiments. I believe in teamwork. Whereas people are, many people, including in Bavaria, are concerned that Marcus Söder is, um, yeah, he's a bit of a, a live wire. He used to be known as the Prince of Darkness in his earlier days. He's very much focused on power. He's very much focused on himself. People would say, well, maybe times have changed in a time of crisis. That's the type of person we need. But German politics has always been consensus-oriented politics. So I think even in this crisis, you've seen it with Merkel and the state leaders. They always try to get a compromise that everyone could lead with. Söder would be a break with that. And some people are suggesting a break with many other German traditions. And perhaps that's just a step too far, even in a pandemic. Now, Söder did say, didn't he, that if the CDU picked Laschet to lead their joint campaign in the election, he would accept the verdict of the bigger party. But he hasn't stayed true to his word, has he? Well, he's saying yes and no, or as they say in Germany, yein. He said, look, I said I would back out of this race if, if a broad section of the CDU said they were opposed to me. So uh, already the front bench have backed Laschet. But he said, yeah, but what about your MPs? And uh, earlier this week, he had a quite a brilliant chess move. He marched into the parliamentary party meeting of the CDU, CSU, and most of the people at least twice of the MPs who spoke came out in favour of him. And there are many people in the CDU who also don't believe in Mr. Laschet, but they don't come out, they're not coming out in public because, well, if he does get it, their career is over. They'll never get into one of his cabinets. So uh, Söder is playing on that. And um, he's saying, well, we need, we don't just need a closed door decision from sort of a small committee of CDU leaders. What about your MPs? What about your members? I think they all want me. And he said, you know, you can't just wimp out. You have to take on responsibilities. So he's, he's basically 
preying on Laschet's weakness and lack of authority and weak opinion polls and saying, you know, uh, sometimes the better you, sometimes the devil you don't know is better than the devil you do. And is it time for Angela Merkel then to intervene in this, um, Derek, or what do you think she'll do? Yeah, she, it's a fascinating watching her because, you know, she's been on this lot of long goodbyes since 2018. Many people would say, you know, her fourth term was one term too many. Uh, she was talked into it by various people and she should have gone a long time ago. And Germany really is sort of politically, it's been drifting and she hasn't, she's had a mixed uh, time in the in the pandemic. So, you know, she's looking tired and she really doesn't have any political authority to intervene. She's no longer head of her party. Uh, and she's just sort of sitting there listening to people talking about her. I wrote today, it's a bit like Tom Sawyer at his own funeral, listening to all of the, the debate. Um, but she said earlier this week, asked, you know, should you intervene and stop this and stop the damage to the party? She said, I, I wanted, I want to, and I will keep out. So I think uh, her attitude, talking to her officials is, look, my party, they've had years to work on this. If they're going to mess it up, I'll let them mess it up on their own. They don't need my help. And what's making the two parties so jumpy at the moment, uh, Derek? Is it poll numbers? It's poll numbers. I mean, the CDU was a year ago, Germany was having a great pandemic in the first wave um, or was managing it better than other countries. And the CDU, as the, the main party of power, it's the it's the senior partner in the coalition, got all of the kudos for that, as often happens. But now that things have turned and there's been delays with vaccines and other problems, uh, the CDU has really taken a hammering. And uh, they're almost down 10 points, uh, sort of early mid-20s in the polls, which is not really where they want to be. They want to be, you know, tipping 40% to get back in. And uh, so that has people nervous. And also there's a growing realisation that the Merkel years were so dominated by crises. I mean, think back at all the crises she's dealt with, you know, the euro crisis, the banking crisis, the standoff with Ukraine, the refugee crisis, that uh, she was never much of a reformer to begin with. But certainly the the number, the sort of the, the shopping list of crises uh, just robbed her of any opportunity just to draw breath and actually do major political reforms. So anyone who comes in will have to do an awful lot, not just paying off all of the, the pandemic debt, but Germany structurally has really fallen behind. We've seen in the in the pandemic, just Germany is a country that still relies on fax machines. You know, the digital transformation of Germany is really about a decade behind. So anyone who gets in, it won't be a particularly attractive job in many respects because they'll have to you know, they'll have to do a lot of cutting to get the, bu- the budget balanced again. And uh, there'll be an awful lot of reforms and perhaps some painful reforms. And that's not really what somebody wants to do in their first months or years in office. And tell us a bit more, Derek, about how this row um, is playing out. I mean, is it playing out in public? Are, are high profile party figures coming out and backing one candidate or the other? Or is it mainly kind of stuff that's happening at party meetings behind closed doors? Yeah, what we're seeing is it's increasingly leaking out. I mean, for the last few years, and particularly in the last few months, the CDU and CSU leaders have just been leading this hypocrisy that, you know, we're all a team and we're all interested in the best solution for the party. And it's not about our personal ambition. It's about what's best for the country, then what's best for the party. And then, of course, our modest personal advancement. Um, so just the, the hypocrisy and the stupidity of that has just, they're just being choked by their own hypocrisy now. And many people are just saying, look, we all know you want to get back into power. So 
don't don't treat us like we're children. So that's really the longer this drags on, the more it damages them their credibility. And you know, you're in the middle of a pandemic, and you're saying we urgently need a third lockdown, and yet here you are fighting amongst, you know, it's like a bun fight. So uh, that really doesn't wash well with voters. And so because it doesn't wash well with voters, the MPs who are on the front lines with their voters and their constituencies are starting to get more and more um, outspoken, and they're saying to their leaders, "This is damaging us all." This is endangering us all so it's getting more it's getting dirtier and um, this is unfortunately for the parties who want to claim they're all harmonious and friends this has tradition in in germany the last time um this happened was in uh, 2002 when uh, the Gerhard Schröder decided to call an early election and Merkel wanted to run for chancellor, but she was outfoxed by Edmund Stoiber, who was the, the Bavarian leader at the time, successor, uh, pre, uh, previous Bavarian leader. So it happened then. It also happened in 1980 when a Bavarian leader decided he wanted to run and uh, he got ahead of his CDU contender. It caused great damage to the party, great divisions. Uh, the scars in the party were there for some time to come, particularly because he lost. So uh, there's an awful lot to play for. And the sort of the, the civilized veneer of German politics, um, particularly in the CDU, CSU, it's cracking and flying off bit by bit, day by day. And how rock solid, Derek, is this CDU-CSU alliance? I mean, is it, um, could one even imagine these parties splitting apart? Yes, that has happened before. It almost happened uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. There was a, uh, they were just, the, the, the divisions were so great. It almost happened in 2018 over the refugee crisis. But usually what you notice is the Bavarians' bark is worse than their bite because they only operate in Bavaria. They, you know, they, they have no the CSU, constituency yeah. beyond the CSU, excuse me. And the CDU usually threaten if they ever say, well, we're going to break this alliance and we'll just sit in the parliament as our own party not as a joint parliamentary party, the CDU say, well, that's fine. We'll just launch in Bavaria and we'll see how we get on. So uh, they've, they always present themselves as a united front, as a marriage of, uh, of equals, like-minded people, but um, they're really sort of doomed to remain together. And so the weaknesses of, of the arrangement, particularly you now have these two uh, different political leaders fighting over one position, the chance to be chancellor. Um, that's where you see it's it's really not quite as rock solid. And the last few years of Merkel, it, the CDU, CSU, apart from being the party that Merkel leads and for whom Merkel wins elections, they, they haven't really had many good ideas for quite some time now. So there's a bit of an identity crisis and people always expected the identity crisis would kick in after the election. But what most people didn't think was what's happening now, the identity crisis right here. And you know, we're five months away from an election. So what are the possible outcomes then to this row, Derek, and what might the political consequences be? Yeah, there's several doing the rounds here in Berlin. Um, one would see Mr. Laschet defer to Söder and say, right, you run. Um, the, the trouble for that is Laschet would then be toast because you know, he's only been elected in January. So you can't really just hand over the potential to be chancellor and s expect to stay on as leader. So that's for Laschet, that's really unpalatable. Another option, Mr. Söder would stay in Munich. I mean, he's uh, he's in his mid-50s, so he could run again. Uh, but he'd certainly have smashed enough porcelain just, for, just to boost his political profile. Another option uh, would be a secret vote of the parliamentary party, CDU and CSU MPs. That would probably go in favour, though, of Mr. Söder. So at least that's what the speculation is. So uh, why 
it lash at risk that. And the final option, I think that's the most likely one, is that the older figures in the party, Edmund Stoiber from Bavaria or Wolfgang Schäuble, former finance minister, former CDU leader himself, actually, that they will be called in to somehow save the day, a face-saving a face-saving compromise. But um, it's just been pushed so far at this stage, neither men want to blink and the damage is already done. And their notion, I mean, they have the word, they have the word you, union in their party, both of them. And this does not look like a unified party going into an election. And could that fourth way you mentioned there, Derek, could that possibly involve even a compromise candidate emerging and, and both of these candidates having to step aside? This is quite likely. Uh, already people are sort of looking around, who do we have? But um, the trouble with that is, you know, Laschet was already, he was known as a regional figure. Northern Westphalia is a very important federal state. Uh, and Suda is well known as well. To call in a compromise candidate, and we've literally got five months, like they barely have time to get business cards printed before people go to the polls. So, and once, you know, once the summer kicks in, it's very hard to, um, it's very hard to generate news cycles when people are coming and going from holidays. So now is really the time you need. They've already presented their party program, the CDU and the CSU. So uh, parachuting somebody in is probably that would you know we, it would really be need to be in a bad way before I think they'd do that. And something you alluded to already, Derek, but just to elaborate on it, um, this is not a great look in the middle of a pandemic, is it? I, I presume the longer this goes on, the chances of the German public punishing both parties in September must must increase. Oh, definitely. I mean, what's interesting is um, next week, early next week, uh, the Greens will present their leader. Uh, they have two federal leaders and only one of them can run, lead the campaign and potentially, they're doing so well in polls, potentially be chancellor. So they are go, that, they will be doing that next week. Um, the Social Democrats are usually the party that are fighting amongst themselves. Um, they already have their candidate in Olaf Scholz. He's uh, Angela Merkel's finance minister. And all the other parties are set. They're ready to go. They have their campaigns. They're paying their advertising agencies, printing posters. Uh, so it's already because of the polls and because of how the pandemic is going, people were already starting to look at coalition options that don't involve the CDU. So there's several. One would be the SPD and the Greens and either with the left party or with the Liberal Free Democrats. So the longer this goes on, the less electable the CDU, CSU are making themselves. So they could be easily starting uh, the post-Merkel era on the opposition benches and not in power after all. And finally, Derek, what does all this mean for for people beyond Germany, for the European Union and, and beyond? Well, I'd say before there's too much Schadenfreude at look at the mess of Germany and its pandemic rollout and the CDUCs who are at war. You know, Merkel has been such a unifying figure in German politics, but also in European politics. So if and the CDU-CSU is a linchpin of the European People's Party, the largest group in Brussels in the European Parliament. So any weaknesses here in Germany will very quickly, sooner rather than later, trickle down, I think, into the rest of the European um, parliamentary and political system. And this, you know, Aaron Laschet would be, I think, from a from an EU perspective, the more robust, stable continuity candidate. He's from Aachen, so just on the border there with Belgium. He he sees himself in that tradition. He served in the European Parliament. So I think from a from an EU neighboring uh, perspective, uh, Laschet would be the figure people would like. It might not be the most exciting, but definitely solid. Um, Mr. Zuder is sort of seems to be taking his lead at the moment from, from Sebastian Kurz in neighboring Austria, sort of a um, 
putting you know, ger German interests first, which is not really something Germany often does, but he's seen how it works for Mr. Kurz, whether it's on our refugees or vaccines, to sort of seem to be taking the lead. And Zuder is very much a sort of a, a, a me-first politician, so I'm Bavaria-first politician. So if that works uh, and he gets control of the CDU-CSU, there's absolutely no reason to doubt he will try that in Europe too. So he presents himself as a statesman, but I think his DNA very much is focused on himself and his getting his own advantage. So I think from a, if you're looking for stability in a post-pandemic era, I think Armin Laschet would probably be the one with fewer fireworks. Derek, that was most enlightening and enjoyable as always. Thank you for that. And you can follow Derek's reports and analysis of this controversy and indeed all of our international coverage on irishtimes.com. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.